Beardy and the Beast, The Second Wall. This is placeholder intro song. Thank you for joining us here at The Second Wall as we continue our water cooler discussion of Carolyn Tuesday. Today we'll be discussing episodes 10 through 12 as well as doing a wrap-up of the first season. There will be light spoilers for the entire season. If you missed the um, first three episodes, please check it out, as we will be following up on questions raised there. With me, of course, is fellow Judge Drew. Hey! Please like, subscribe, comment on your platform of choice, all of which can be found at beardyandthebeast.com. So, Drew, was this Mars Brightest? <laughs> I'm not sure if this was Mars's brightest, but I tell you what was. Mm. Artagon. <laughs> Definitely Mars's <laughs> brightest. My boy is back. I didn't get to see Skip, but I got to see Artagon, so all is well. <laughs> I think you called that one, uh, if I remember correctly. <laughs> oh, I had, a, I had a, a couple very correct predictions. Um, but I, I, I mean, we... We should probably talk about the episodes individually first, but I think overall it went how I thought it would go in the moment. I couldn't I couldn't call it far ahead of time. Yeah. But I could definitely see where it was developing as it was. Like there was nothing that was keeping me guessing throughout the episodes. Yeah. Uh to finish it. Fair enough. So, um, I guess we'll start then with uh, episode 10. Yes, episode 10, or what I personally think was Angela's episode. Mm. Um, most of the story beats, in my opinion, seem to center around Angela. I really enjoyed it, to see that character developing. Yeah. Like, they did so much with Carol on Tuesday at the beginning, and they've just kind of been doing that slow ember, like that slow burn from then till now. But right. for them to actually grow more at Angela and see her character developing. For instance, some of the stuff that, that I like is, like, her showing actual personality and not facades. Yeah, definitely had, had a lot of that there. Um, and... I guess even going with that, because um, they're kind of linked here, so Tao as well. The song, Angela, song in that one there, very much showed her growth more. Like, you could feel it being a bit more personal than the Move Mountains, her first song, I found. And, of course, Tao changing that song kind of, like, right at the beginning of it, too, right? Yeah, definitely. As far as, far as songs go, uh, like un unrelated to the show, I thought Move Mountains is the better song. Mm. But like Tao taking care and correctly reading the situation to show the appropriate song for uh, Angela to use in 10 to the one yeah. to, com to compete with GGK, like going from ballad to something more dancey to mm. something more like edm yeah was the right choice i i i 
I hope to see more development of it. They haven't done much development of Tao, but he's becoming a real boy. Mm. <laughs> I mean, eventually. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. Um, GGK's... I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I, another thing that I liked was the covering of uh, the, the little tidbits of things like when Carol said... I feel like our tempos are out of sync, which is, of course, a musical. Uh, then you could kind of hear it in their song, and the judges picked up on it. Like, they really were able to showcase that well, and it led um, perf perfectly into episode 11, which I personally think was more of a showcase of Carol specifically, but we'll talk about that. I think... Tuesday's Carol and Tuesday's song was episode eleven. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this one here we had GGK and Kyoter. Um, exactly. Um, they they definitely were able to. It was the first moment in the entire show uh, between ten and eleven where I felt I need to watch the next one, mm. like that one more chapter moment. Yeah. It's it's something that had been missing throughout the series. Like, I would definitely binge this. It's mm. set up very well to do so, but I, I didn't have that like, stay up all night to finish it, situation. Yeah. Well, you kind of mentioned that like at the end of last second wall as well, mm. where like you were starting to feel the dread mm. and such. So, so the needing to go, what's next, and Let's face it, these three episodes are pretty bang, bang, bang with, well, with yeah, what's happening. And that goes back to like the the story story structure and story beats. Uh, we we kind of covered it in the tale of Princess Kaguya, uh, like Japanese storytelling. It was yeah. very uh, back-ended. It's a slow build-up and then uh, a spike at the end, which this followed suit quite well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. I guess in episode 10, of course, we had kind of um, Sybil her, uh, continuing with her uh, stalker fan ways. Yeah, and she, and she, she did what I said she was going to do, technically. <laughs> she took Tuesday's yes. guitar away. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not how you were expecting, I'm sure. No, yes. I, I expected a physical <laughs> abduction of that piece because there would have been emotional significance to it. But given that there is not really an antagonist at all in this series, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's all situational. Yeah. Uh, so the conflict is like world-based and character building. If... Sybil were to have physically abducted the guitar, and of course I'm like giving a personality to this guy. I imagine has a name. Tuesday looks hummingbird. Oh, is it? Her name hummingbird. Yep, she says it in the first episode. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Tuesday is the type of person to name a guitar. Yep. <laughs> the if she had physically taken the guitar, that would have made Sybil an antagonist in the true sense. It would have yeah. framed her as one of, like, a primary character. Yeah. Uh, opposed to an effect of the world that they're in. 
right. in the world that they're trying to obtain. So what I mean is, unfortunately, I have to like strip the person away from Sybil. She is more of an outlet of cause and effect within the series. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'd like to see her come back and be crazier than before, but that's not something I expect to see in, say, season two. I just see her as being like a, a wind through through the valley that they're in. It's something right. that causes ripples in the water. It's something that causes the uh, leaves to fall off the tree. But when it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. And the effects are lasting. Yeah. Before we go on to the, the, the full effects of what happened to Sybil, because that's more episode 11 than yep. 10... Let's just pause for a second and talk about your boy Ertigan. Yes. Um, <laughs> just, um, I loved the reaction that Ertigan had and Carolyn Tuesday had because they all had the same reaction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was part, when they when they like saw each other. Yeah, <laughs> I loved that. Oh, yeah. er- Ertigan is definitely just like them you can you can see that Ertegun was previously on a similar journey mm. I, I wouldn't say that he's the exact end point that they'll they'll end up at yeah but there's just so many similarities and that's probably why they butt heads yeah actually what i just real realized that is that uh, they they only had like 45 second interaction with Ertegun in the past Yep. They really haven't talked. So like in my head, I I have this whole like invented storyline where they have some type of conflict going, but they've really only like talked <laughs> with each other for about 45 seconds. Yep. <laughs> I didn't I didn't even see it see it as being that negative that 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 relationship didn't go where I thought it would. Sure. Um, well, I mean, we'll, we'll still see where it goes. I mean, let's be fair. You never had an idea of where the relationship is going. That's true. Urtagun was always your mystery one. Um, I think there's some interesting things to note with, um, Urtagun's judgments of, of, um, characters there, mm. but I'm not going to point anything out unless you actually caught it yourself. Leave that there. Sure, if it stood out to you, would have. I know. I he. He he definitely seemed more interested in things that were genuine. Mm-hmm. So like GGK just wasn't interested at all. Like yeah. this big fabricated personality in front of him, he didn't seem to have any interest. Yeah. Uh, however, he like he did end up having like an emotional reaction at the very end to Carol Tuesday. So I, that that would definitely kind of draw draw back to the whole premise of the show, which is like heart and soul verse. Yeah. Indeed. Let's see. Um, I'm pretty sure, because this one here, we had Tao talk to Angela about how the songs were made, too. Right? I can't remember if that was this episode or the next episode. I think... I think it was at the beginning of... Eleven. Mm-hmm. You're you're talking about the whole like 
that entire building is just a machine to like analyze Angela. Yeah. And, and read her, including her emotions. And yeah. that that gave me a slightly different perspective on Tao. Mm. I'm not a hundred percent convinced, but um we'll we'll see where that goes. Yeah. We'll 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 go into what that perspective is. Um we kind of do a little bit more. Yeah. More formal questioning, <laughs> as it were. Uh, one thing I noticed with uh, Pewter, I'm not sure if it stood out for you as well, uh, was how much value he places on others' thoughts. Like, even his entire song. True. That being said, if if his speech was truthful, then I would... Uh, assume that he does place value in them mm -hmm. but he is also striving to be as to be himself yeah as best as he can like it's it's not to do what others want him to do or what others want him to be but there yeah. is a lot of value there so the way that the it might also just i might be just picking up on that uh, something that's more related to the way that the episodes are structured which mm. i'm sure we'll talk about later um it might have just been out of character unrelated to its actual development and more related to the entire episode right all right well, let's go into um episode 11 and to me i swear I swear this is carol's episode uh mm -hmm. i i mean i know that like tuesday gets kidnapped that's at the very end yeah at the very end yeah. and like she was having some troubles but i think this one was definitely more uh about carol um and about carol like se self-actualizing uh becoming whole right and it, it starts from it even starts from Ertegun's speech about no one could have done what he did because what he did was become the best Artagon that he could be. Yeah. Not the best artist, not the best DJ. He was essentially saying like the best version of himself. And then from there, uh, in Carol's interview, just straight up saying, what would you say to your parents? And her reply was, I'm here. Yeah. And then following up, with a song, uh, which in included things like Strong on My Own. So her becoming whole, her her growth, like this is definitely uh, like a peak point for her as a character. Lost My Way is probably like in my top three songs, favorite songs of the entire series. That is one that I could listen to again and again and again. I, I really... I can't remember which one was in nine. However, if if I were to compare Angela's songs to Carol and Tuesday up until the end, I actually preferred most of Angela's songs. <laughs> but I might just be pop trash, so anyone who's into singer songwriters can just write an angry comment. <laughs> well, you know, that's actually fairly accurate. I mean, I listen to a lot more indie in mm. general which is very much Carol and Tuesday sound. True. I oh. definitely listen to more like electronic trappy beat stuff or like hip hop or pop stuff. Yeah. 
let's, I guess, talk about Sybil here a little bit. I kind of enjoyed how ambiguous it was. About, like, I don't feel it was ambiguous for us as an audience what happened, but how they portrayed it in the episode. How all of the cast mm. didn't know who it was and kind of got that bit of tension and... Well, the cast Angela's wouldn't. Rick. Yeah, the cast wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, like this, this conflict that happened with Sybil and Tuesday was very, very closed into just them. Uh, like the person who witnessed it most was Carol, and even then, she didn't see much of it. Yeah, like she didn't know Tuesday got bit. She didn't know all the weird stuff that uh, Sybil was saying. She just essentially saw some rude girl that was being overly fond with Tuesday. Yeah, um, might have been a tinge of jealousy there. Might have been a tinge of concern. Just who's this crazy girl? I I could see Carol having vibes of like. You know, this girl gives me the the willies. Yeah, that being said, having it be so ambiguous was definitely nice. And then bringing Gus and the mother together and having, like, those interactions is, has been really entertaining to me. But I almost feel like that wasn't drawn out long enough. I know it, it wouldn't have been possible to with the way that the entire series is structured. Yeah, but I think it should have taken more time. It kind of went, you know, two minutes of episode time from like outside of the song, like uh, so you know a minute or two beforehand and a minute and two after for for that to be wrapped up in a tiny bow. Right. Tuesday got injured, and then they did their thing, played their song. Oh, they've apprehended the culprit. Well. I don't know if I completely agree. I mean, one thing the, the show has done, and we've touched on this before, they're very effective with their time. Mm. They, they haven't needed to give much time. And I think the Gus and Dahlia thing was just playing more off of, again, that rivalry mm. that's there that, that mimics very much Angela and Carol on Tuesday. So I don't necessarily think that needed much more. I'm more interested in Angela's reaction to the entire thing. Oh, I, I, I was sitting there because I'm growing fonder of Angela as the episodes go by, and it's directly proportionate to her growth as a character. Mm. Whereas, I actually I sensed I I said it out loud when it occurred. I I sensed that she was actually concerned about what happened to Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And it was something beyond herself, as in, she. It wasn't what happened to Tuesday and how it affects me. Yeah, which is what you would assume her character would be like to start in this yeah. show. Nowadays, I think she actually had some concern for Tuesday, and she's barely even spoken with them. Yeah, but that kind of draws up to where that would drop into episode twelve. And how Angela, in the end, just wanted, like, a duel of 
emotional content. Yeah. But Angela, Angela's reaction was, was just priceless. I, I, I didn't, I didn't know what to, to do at that point. Like I was, I was thinking to myself, is she going to go into Carol Tuesday's room and like check in on her? Is she going to go in there and pep them up by giving them a sense of rivalry? Like go walk in and say something cheeky to kind of um, perk them up a bit is what I thought. But her actually getting on the case, which then went she went in. on the warpath. <laughs> yeah, and and then even then, it kind of drew into her character development. Whereas she she was she was concerned about the people around her not believing in her. Mm -hmm. which i mean kind of draws from her past yeah and i'm glad that they kept that in there because it would have been uncharacter it, it wouldn't be like her character had they not but well, it builds on what you, you said previously about how you can see she's not she's not competent mm -hmm. she, she makes it well and i think i think now she's definitely more confident and Part of her war path was definitely her being concerned that the people around her who are supposed to be to have confidence in her don't. Mm. Uh, but I, I definitely, I don't know. I saw something in there that was concerned for for Tuesday. Yeah. All right. I think that most like that, and of course, it, we end with uh, the kidnapping of Tuesday. There. So episode twelve. <laughs> 12 what i can tell you about 12 is it's the only way you could have wrapped up this season mm. uh i given that the one the one guard or whatever hit carol i'm really surprised that they didn't have a little moment where gus like said something about it and decked him or something because especially after that ultra fatherly speech that Gus gives Carol, yeah, which like I'm not, I'm not typically a, an emotional person in this way, but I had that little twinge of oh no, am, am I gonna tear up right now when he was <laughs> when he was talking to to Carol about the whole situation? It essentially went like fatherly advice followed to a a call. For Carol to make a decision, because mm. it was clear that Carol was being wishy-washy. She didn't know what to do. Yeah, and for for Gus to come up and be just like, "You have to make this decision. What are you going to do?" And yeah. then, of course, followed up with, "Well, I'm going to kidnap a girl right now. You coming?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think. I think um, Carol and Tuesday's interaction over 11 and 12, I think it touches on one of your predictions right from the get-go. Really? Yes, it does. Oh, are you talking was... about um, one of them metaphorically like betraying the other and then leaving? Yep. I, th I thought about it um, maybe 20%, right? 
the I mean, it's because, I know I'm super smart, but <laughs> in in this aspect, like I would feel guilty if I were to claim correctness on this. Sure, she left, but at the bench scene, neither of them had a sense of betrayal. They only had a sense of confusion. They didn't understand what was going on with the other. So, so when I mentioned it before, I was actually talking about, um, and maybe it's something I didn't express properly, but I could be, where Tuesday would say something or do something, and that would make Carol feel betrayed. Right. And then Carol would leave, is the situation I was foretelling. Yeah. Whereas in this case, just them being offbeat and not being of the same heart mm -hmm. mostly because of confusion where so yeah so so the, i guess i've got a couple of points on this because when you said the betrayal mm -hmm. i immediately thought of of these two episodes okay so, so i actually noted them down as like uh, i think my specific note was um it was something like but not quite as you expect <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It's actually what I is actually what I wrote. So there's a couple of different perspectives that I, I personally would throw into this. Mm. Um so first of all, you're not a 17-year-old girl. I mean your idea of betrayal is very could be very different. I'm pretty um, though. Well, that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> um so I think that that betrayal, like I mean, even Gus says, says that you think you're betrayed, and I made that mistake, and that ruined a relationship. So that's definitely what they were going for, I, I believe. Um, the other thing that I noted was, if you think about it, it was actually, in a way, Carol betrayed Tuesday, because because in episode eleven, they were, they their discussion there, like. Carol got super accusatory mm. that just wanting to win, right? So, so I see it as Carol ended up betraying Tuesday, which got compounded by Tuesday being kidnapped, and then both of them feeling betrayed because neither of them knew how to reach out. Mm. And you see that with both of them on their phones, having a message to send, but neither of them being able to do it. So I don't think it's the direct betrayal that you're thinking, but I think that that was the emotion these two 17-year-old girls are going to be feeling. For sure. Well, I guess I, I probably I, I probably forgot about age because I had definitely at points where pro was projecting onto Carol. Mm. And I'm like, I, I am definitely not a 17-year-old girl, so <laughs> I was probably elevating it at some point. I mean, the, the last time I had any type of age acknowledgement for them was probably when I was, like, uh, at, at the festival. Mm. These two young individuals just crushing it on stage with a bunch of people, like, booing them and whatnot. I couldn't do yeah. that at that age. Probably not even at my age. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very fair. Um, uh, what did you think of... Um... 
guess Tuesday's brother, we got a little bit more interaction with her family, like you were kind of hoping to see. All these side characters are, are just so good. <laughs> They're just so darn good. They have the tiniest parts. And they're just well written and they're carefully considered. Yeah. Skip and Crystal being two of them. And of course, I mean, Artagon has a, a bigger part, but the brother is probably, you, you probably have a similar feeling in this regard. Just the times that he shows up and the interactions that he has, though smaller, just so integral to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he showed up and could have that heart to heart, yeah. And I I don't know, uh, a brotherly heart to heart like that is few and far between. So, when when you have that, it's it should be impactful. It's it's not something that you have every month or every so often or a communication like that. It's something that comes out of nowhere and it hits like a truck and it's filled with emotion, even though it's might even be stone faced. Yeah. So th those people who haven't felt uh, like a type of brotherly bond, either with a very close uh, male friend or alternatively with like a biological sibling. Yeah. Might, might not kind of understand that, but I, yeah. They wrote it so well to have that impact. Yeah, I really, I really, I like how he came in, did the brotherly thing. He kind of just laid it out on the plate and it seemed exactly like how I thought it would be. Mm. The whole, like he was envious and he was cheering her on and he, he wanted her to go far and wanted to help her like achieve this dream and the best way was to like stay out of her way yeah i really got that yeah like i i, I feel like they yeah, they really did it well and i mean being someone who's had my share of conflicts with my siblings mm. it, it's you know you you don't necessarily realize what each other's feeling mm. right you think you do Right, and just having that conversation is like, yeah, no, clearly neither of us knew each other. I just knew that I went to get you, and I saw you sing, and like, nope, I got you. <laughs> like that—that's what it is, right? And, and I mean, even him saying he had the same dreams as her, mm. <laughs> but he wasn't—he wasn't good for it, right? Like it's, yeah, it was a, it hits really in the feels. <laughs> Um, I think they did that very well. Um, it was compounded too. Like going, going. I think it was either the scene with Gus uh, and Carol, and then the brother, which I swear I had written down his name, Spencer. Spencer, Spencer, and Tuesday. Uh, those being next to e to each other and having mm -hmm. like uh, the feels were perfectly perfectly led up and like compounded yeah. if if i were to have shed a tear it would have been in that in that time so our, our more emotional listeners might have been had tears streaming down their faces and it would have been warranted <laughs> um so i guess another few things like before the before they go and 
re-kidnap Tuesday back. <laughs> um, uh, there, there's a lot of nice visual things that I'm not sh quite sure if you caught on, just because of how we've been watching it, um, specifically with Carol, um, when she's kind of in the city alone. A uh, lot they, of those things... Oh, go ahead. They did a bunch of bunch of that they they did do like recaps of situations where she was with tuesday previous yeah but they did a, a lot of city scenes to expand upon what was going on they used that as a, a very good set piece especially when it went into angela's song but if there was something other than that that i missed I'd like to know um yeah so a lot of the scenes um that you see with uh, Carol when she's kind of alone and kind of near Mobile, like, you know, skateboarding down past the street and such like that. A lot of that, those scenes were actually the same scenes that they did right after the Round and Round song. Mm. In, like the first episode, but without Tuesday. So it, it's kind of like that neat, uh, like, you know, I know we're a big fan of talking about the bookend. Yeah. And such. And it, it in my mind helps drive home helps drive home the issues with it mm. um or with their feelings and of course by the end of it you you wrap up on their performance of loneliest girl what a performance too it's a great song it's another one of those ones that can hit right in the feels it's didn't have the same impact as their other ones for me though just the I was paying more attention to the lyrical content of, of this because, of course, like in the last second wall, I kind of had that finally had that ep ep epiphany where it was like, oh, yeah, these songs directly relate to what's going on in the show. <laughs> um, and it, it didn't seem like the right choice, but on the other hand, there there's probably a bit of catharsis in the song. Mm -hmm. uh, especially like from where they were going up to where they ended up they, in the repertoire of songs that they had done it's the only one they could have done yeah uh, I mean it's a good song it's, it's no move mountains but it's a good song <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think I think that's a big thing with Lonely Scroll I think the catharsis is, is actually mm. probably a good word there because this is a song we've heard before yeah. Right. And so we knew that we had the feels the first time it played. Um, I do think, again, their passion shows through it and, you know, the judge's reaction to it. I mean, even Ertegun's reaction to it. Like, you, you kind of get that, oh, fuck, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> Look with me. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I think, again, it, it's, it's the bookends. Mm. This is the song that brought them together. Right. They just had their you know, quote unquote betrayal arc. Yeah. To to loop back to the song that brought them together. For sure. Right. I, I think that has a lot to do with it. And I think it it fits very well um because of that. As I said, I think uh, Lost My Way, I like that song better. That was the one from yeah, there, there, ten? One. Yeah, that was the one that was the one uh, when she had her hand burned. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I. I'd like to see a full, like a more full arrangement of uh, 
lost my way. Mm. Like I'd like to hear that, but right. I think lost my way is more that track that I would listen to on repeat. Yeah. And loneliest girl, loneliest girl is like, Oh, I like the song. I'll jam to it. And then next song. But yeah. Yeah. That, that That's, I feel this sim- similar with that. Okay. So let us kind of, one thing I did, one thing I did notice in that last episode, I think it was last episode, um, Angela's song, mm-hmm. when she was performing, it it seemed to be, again, like her becoming this full person, definitely someone who can stand on her own. And one of the things I noticed while she was singing, it was showing scenes of the city and yeah. on the banners going by. It was showing things like, uh, was it messages of not getting trapped in the past and building up onto the future and stuff like that? Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, I see what I, you're I doing. Catch it, actually. <laughs> um, fun fact, it's actually showing on the billboards right in the first episode. Really? It is, in fact. What a, what a positive <laughs> message for your populace. <laughs> um. So, yes, let, let's, I'm trying to think of the best way to structure this. If we want to do a bit of a larger breakdown, or if we want to kind of go down through the characters and such here first. Oh, let's do um, characters. Okay. So, we'll, we'll kind of do this as we had in the past. Um, so, I guess, antagonist, I think we've covered that. You're, you're still kind of with the, there's no actual direct antagonists. No, it's... So, I mean, generally, in in any type of story, there will be some form of conflict. Uh, that right. conflict is typically brought, brought about by having an antagonist. There isn't actually an antagonist in this. In fact, there's not even that much conflict. Most of it's about growth and people mm-hmm. becoming whole and finding themselves. Yeah. All right. Um, so... Uh, let's talk about um, some of the characters or just themes and characters here. So um, I think again, you're, you're you're starting to say a lot of the themes that I was thinking of. I know we specifically talked about the AI versus human touch. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to say now. I think there's a broader thought to that. It's the authenticity. Mm. Versus manufacture. So I know I said to you previously, um, think back about um, why OG Bulldog lost in his round. He wasn't authentic. He wasn't authentic. I see what you're saying. Right. Um, And I think it even gets touched on here. um, And I think you see that actually through a lot of the characters. So. This is where I'm saying this was there right from the get-go, right? Think of how Gus related to mo- was to most music when he was drunk in the bar. Mm-hmm. And then he hears something authentic, and it snaps him out. Um, so right from episode one, you had that. Even the interaction with uh, Artigon, where Tuesday snaps and burns the paper, like that was an authentic moment. Mm-hmm. And he he could see that immediately, though. I mean, that whole storyline didn't go the way that I thought it would. But 
um it definitely kind of goes into that broader broader feeling like even skip yep and i mean he he was definitely your wise elder trope Mm -hmm. to just come back and lay some wisdom down and then move on yeah and then you had crystal who also noticed the authenticity and she was more of a uh like an uh, emotional reinforcement trope but she did the same thing recognized their authenticity yep right um in the live house it was the same thing right like yeah just those 10 people and everyone um yeah i think that that's definitely there um and he said even the way Ertigan reacts the way he reacted to uh, Peter and ggk compared to angela and mm-hmm. carol and tuesday it, it, it's definitely a big aspect of it so that's the theme that i was seeing through it and and they can kind of see where i was saying you're dancing around <laughs> the entire time <laughs> right um so yeah, I think that's the big one. Um, what is thoughts on Ertagun at this point? Uh, st- still my man. Yep. Uh, I like him more and more every time he shows up. From treating Roddy like a little brother that he would do any anything for, to like even his speeches. Like you, you could see that he definitely enjoys talking to him. To himself but the way that he does it is important and the word usage mm-hmm. uh, you might think you know he's he's talking about I, I mentioned this earlier how his words could have been construed that he he's the only one who could be as famous as he became but what he was actually saying was he was the only one that could become this version of him yeah so i think i i still wonder i i, I kind of mentioned this in a past second wall I wonder if if it is a stage character. I'm having second thoughts on that. Because before I thought for a while that is it just a stage character, something that he's doing and putting on a show for his fans? Right. Or is it something more authentic? Or is this him growing out, growing out of that stage character and what will season two have for him? So this is a consideration for me. Like how will we see him grow? and see the authenticity come from him. All right. That makes perfect sense to me. Let's go with... I'm going to go with Tao next. Tao. Hey, I'm I'm glad that you... Yeah, I'm glad that you went with him next, because, I mean, out of all the characters that they've had, he's had the least amount of reveals about his character. We know that he could get into like high money games investments and that sort of thing and do well at it. The, the other investment guy was like, you know, you come join us super smart. Let's do it. And he's, I think he's searching for something and I think it might be, he might be the tin man. He might be a tin man trope. Uh, Tin man searching for a heart. He had a heart. Yeah. So he built a, built a machine to find it. Which is not how I saw him before. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely just saw him as like someone who was envious of AIs and wanted to be one. Yeah. I, I now think I'm wrong at that, but I, I definitely think Tin Man Trope is the way. Yeah. I will go to we'll go to Angela next. 
Angela. So good. Her development as a, as a character has probably been the best out of everyone. Carol and Tuesday were both very straightforward. They, of course, have their own complexities, which will be revealed over time. But as a whole, I think they put the most consideration into Angela. The, the backstory, her backstory, the way that she reacts, the way it informs her character, makes me wonder, makes me wonder if the story was originally about her like in first draft sort of thing. Okay. And then on rewriting, you know, third, fourth draft situation. Is that where it actually became about Carol Tuesday? Like That's how interesting thought. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if some obscure trivia on, you know, a Japanese fan site and it's just like, yeah, this was originally about, you know, Angela, and it was a completely different story. All right. I'm going to sidetrack a little bit instead of going into Carol and Tuesday right away on that one, actually. Um, so I watch way too much shoujo anime. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like I, I'm, I enjoy the slice of life. I enjoy the, the magical schoolgirl genre, Sailor Moon, Utena, that type of thing. So that's why you're wearing Fuku. <laughs> Thanks. We're Anything I can do for you? We're waiting till our sponsors. <laughs> I, no, it, it's it's a preview. It's an audio preview for the OnlyFans. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. So Uteno is the the one that really showed this for me. It's about Utena, but Utena's not the character that grows. Utena's not the character that actually has the development. So I I wonder if it's actually a, a shoujo-type trope. Mm, so to go to the metaphor I was using before, where Sybil was the wind through the valley moving the flowers and pushing the leaves, Carol, Carol and Tuesday are the valley. Yeah. I wonder if, that, if that's a good chunk, because it, it, I don't get the quite the impression that it was... The show could have been called Angela. No, I just... <laughs> right. I, but I, I, I think it's that through the rivalries is how mm. the characters grow and such like that. The way I almost look at it is, again, up until, you know, episode 11, like, these girls were unshakable. And then they did have that bit of a freak out, right? Like, Carol's like, no, we've got to win that, that type of thing, right? And, you know, rectified that afterwards. It's through them being unshakable, as you said before, they're going to make everyone else around them better. So, so you get that rivalry. So we see their growth in a way through Angela's growth, through that rivalry, even if it's just Angela putting on that rivalry herself and the girl's not necessarily. I'll have to mull that one over. I, I see what you're saying and it makes sense to me, but for me to s slot it in to like yeah. the puzzle piece that is this series, it'll take some yeah. consideration. Like it makes a yeah. lot of sense what you're saying. 
yeah. the it just makes it may the reason why I think it is she her character is more carefully considered than others. Okay. The way that she is emotionally and the way she portrays herself is directly like it dire directly cor correlates to her past and her growth is definitely along the appropriate lines for right. someone uh so essentially what i'm saying is they definitely considered her character start to finish whereas i haven't seen any glimpse of an endpoint for say carol on tuesday or gus okay. they're definitely more open-ended mm. that's okay. probably why i'm getting that but i you're you're probably right about like the about the uh like the character development tropes and the way that people develop in this it makes a lot of sense yeah um it, it was one thing that i that i kind of noted is because you said you way back that you weren't sure how tropey it was going to be mm. um i think one thing that kind of entered my mind is i don't think you're necessarily i don't think you're looking at the right set of tropes well, I'm just uh, unfamiliar with the genre. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. I'm not much of a, a shoujo guy. When I have yeah. dipped into the Japanese animations, it was definitely on the shonen side. Yeah. That's because, I don't know, I probably have superhero fantasy. That's probably <laughs> my... That's, that's fair. Yep. Um... <laughs> um, I guess, so with that, let's talk about Carol and Tuesday. Uh, well, in the end of the series, I didn't. For for me, Carol and Tuesday were just all about togetherness, mm -hmm. that bond that was established early. That they they definitely were shook up at the end. I didn't. I didn't really get a feeling of it being an, an intense impact. Right. Like it, it didn't strike me hard that sh that shakeup, so it left something wanting there. But I definitely like that sisterly aspect of it. Just two friends with common dreams and uh, matching hearts, striving yeah. to become something or do something. That makes sense. I think they definitely are, and again, it's that the togetherness. I think that's why again they that, even though it wasn't quite as you saw it as a betrayal, I think that's. I do think it was because it's again the, the only time we ever see that, that togetherness being shaken. True. From, from the first time we we see them, um, and and I think in a way they both, both betrayed each other, mm. which makes sense because if they're for the most part, we see them as one unit. If one side's betrayed, the other side's going to be as well. You know what? And I think, I think it would have been. This is the only time you're going to hear me criticize this about Carolyn Tuesday. <laughs> but that situation is the only time I don't think they got the music right. Yeah. Um, I think if they had done the music different during 
the bench scene and the neither of them texting scene, mm. it would have had a greater impact. I just, again, I, I, I'm not a 17-year-old girl, but I didn't get that sense of their hearts being as far away from each other as their distance was. Yeah. Like, they both seemed to have an understanding, but they both couldn't reach out. But I didn't get a, a reflection of how much it was impacting them individually. You know, I, I think I'm actually going to agree with you completely on that. Um, I think the a lot of this ends up being informed by Gus. Yes. Right. Um, there's kind of hints of it when you kind of see, like, when they're talking on the bench about. It's really the first time Carol isn't talking about the music; mm. she's talking about winning. And the music when like and with the the texting yeah it's the first song that wasn't um what's the word diegetic okay it was the it was the only song that i can think of that had lyrics and everything that wasn't being sung by a character we were watching did I use the right word? Yeah, I well, I, I had to look it up on the internets so I, I could understand because I don't. Uh, me word not so good. Even though he's super smart, I am super smart. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing with me. The uh, yeah, and I think I think that's important. I wouldn't want them to change it yeah but if they were it would have been i wouldn't even even i wouldn't have even minded a throwaway character busking with just like a gentle song maybe strumming on a guitar someone you've never seen before just kind of singing a song that wafted through the air during those circumstances it would have brought it home it would have been established thematically but I just, I didn't feel the impact. I don't think they got the emotion right there, which is so weird for me to say for Carol and Tuesday because they were so spot on everywhere. But I, I haven't actually written much down for Carol and Tuesday and their characters as developing for a while now, mm -hmm. as I've been watching. I mean, their circumstances, I was definitely impressed with season 11 or season 11 episode 11 mm. and how it seemed to frame carol like becoming herself not quite yeah. there but definitely becoming i wonder if a re rearranging the scenes or something would have done it here's this is obviously complete speculation honestly just kind of entered my mind okay. talking about the about the we like to speculate. Song. It's true. I almost wonder if the reason they did that song as you know any other show would mm. was meant to kind of show that betrayal and that separation. Mm. Because it is 
out of place for the series Carol on Tuesday as well. Honestly, as a directing decision, if I were to base it around this, it was either that's e that either holds true or was like the biggest blunder of the series. Mm -hmm. It it has to be one of those two. I don't see it being any other way. Yeah. Yeah, because like I don't think it could have been a busker. Because how are both of them hearing the same? I think that could have been changed if there was like a radio. Mm. But but again, or a crystal I, 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 song. Yeah. Right. Like, but I think the fact that it was, yeah, I, I think the fact that it was not diegetic is. I'd like to think it means something because, as you said, it's either I hope that was the choice or it was a mistake, and I I can definitely agree that like having watched the show a few times, seeing that it actually threw me off when I watched it the other night. Because, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at that a little bit differently. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> one, one thing I would have liked, liked to see, and I'll kind of transition over to one of the next characters, and that's Roddy. Mm -hmm. They haven't really done anything with him. I would have enjoyed if they had brought him into that situation for the, what seemed to be in my mind more of his uh, maternal role. Right. So he he could talk, maybe have a conversation about Carol about the emotions of what's going on. Mm. But then again, that's just me trying to like assert my views upon the series as to what Roddy's thematic role in it is. Mm. He he hasn't really done anything besides been like, look at look at this um, petite looking person in this ball cap. This is the one who probably did it. Last five episodes. Um, I did feel bad for him sitting between. Uh, oh, it, I know. <laughs> and Gus. I actually, I had written down just like it. Just says episode ten. Poor Roddy. Yeah. Um. It. it it's. It's funny because like, I. I see exactly what you're saying. Like, he doesn't have a character in the same way, but. At the same time, he's essentially been the driving force of the show. Hmm. He's actually been, if it wasn't for Roddy, none of this would be happening. I think I'd have to watch it again with an eye for it. The... Well, I'll, give, I'll give a couple of quick examples. Okay. Um, the two girls were playing, having, you know, not thinking anything of it. Roddy ended up filming it, mm. and his friend ends up seeing it. Roddy gets them into the live house, which actually gets them onto the, the stage of the Sidonia Festival, even though Gus tried. Roddy was the one who's like, let's get into the music show. Let's get you in touch with Erdogan. Mm. Right? Like, he's been kind of that, in a way, he's kind of been a linchpin like that. Yeah, maybe I just because it's such a character developed show. Mm -hmm. There's something lacking to me for him just being a vehicle like that. Yeah, I, like there's we we don't know any real development for him besides the fact that he likes to program AIs. He knows a bunch of people. 
He likes robots, and he's a computer nerd. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they for for him to have such a central role, but no real development. At at this point, point, I'm really wondering if Tao has more development than him, or at least reveal, yeah. or more impactful. Um, it, and that kind of goes to just a roundup of Roddy as a character over season ten. I, or season, episode, <laughs> season one thank you <laughs> season 10 jeez. I, well, I was looking at something that said episode 10 oh. um, <laughs> the the lack of de- development of Roddy is probably the only other thing that I could see lacking besides the um, uh, non-diegetic sound during the conflict right. in episode 11. The That probably brings us to the last full character, which is Gus. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you a question. Alright. I mentioned this ages ago, that I definitely saw Gus as taking more of that um, typical paternal role in this family of um, individuals who have gathered together. Yeah. Would, especially after seeing the the advice and the conversation with Carol, mm-hmm. like, would you agree that there's there's no real other way that we can see him as a character? Yeah, I... Uh... I hundred percent agree. Like that has to be, like what they're doing with him. He's he's got the full belief behind his metaphorical daughters, mm-hmm. and he is literally pulling out all of the stops for them. And he's pulled out favors with all of his music contacts. Worked or not, that's beside the point. Like he is doing everything for him. Well, for them. he, I mean, to the point where. It even frames how important it was that he reached out to his ex-wife. Because mm-hmm. it was obvious that he was talking about his ex-wife as someone who was the one he felt betrayed him. Yeah. And he believed so much that he would bridge that gap. And, I mean, that was that was a great scene, too. Like, going going back there, like, him having that heart-to-heart with his ex-wife and the ex-wife just being like, found someone that makes makes me happy. And he was just like, nice. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. And you could tell he meant it. So for... But for him to initially bridge that divide, and it's hard. That... I mean, he he's definitely a bit of a... A bumbling father figure. Yeah, he definitely falls short in some ways, <laughs> but he's probably the realist character in the show. Uh, definitely the most down to earth. But then again, I'm not a 17 year old girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he, he. Yeah, definitely the that paternal, paternal instinct is there. I mean. Literally went to jail for them. True. 
But again, I, I really was hoping there would be a scene like instead of just him getting tackled at the mansion. Yeah. Or him being like you hit Carol and like decking the guy. I wanted yeah. to see that. Because I mean it wouldn't have fit thematically in the show at yeah. all. Yeah. Like it's it's best that it was just a tackle now they're in jail. But for it to be for my satisfaction in it <laughs> maybe because i saw i saw him as the father figure and i wanted him to have that just that yeah. reinforcement yeah but it wouldn't have fit so I'll, I'll say that now yeah yeah i think honestly that's probably the only reason we didn't see that <laughs> True. they um, definitely managed the time well we've said that right from the get-go they've, they've done very well managing time and i i think that's um I, th I think that's important because it, the way that the, the episodes are structured are very similar to how it's done in comics. Okay. You can't waste space. Every panel needs to be important, and everything said needs to develop the story in some way. Yeah. Like, to the point where... When Angela's singing, they're showing city banners with positive messages. Um, structurally, I would I would think you could structure each episode in such a way of this one develops this character, this one develops that character, even though it yeah. involves every everyone. And this kind of goes back to Eleven, where it seems to keep referencing. Uh, becoming whole or becoming myself or be becoming the best person and the one that of course i was projecting that on was carol yeah. so using that as a structure if you were to go back i think you'd be able to see that for a lot of these episodes yeah and the way that they no line is a throwaway everything said is important in some way yeah i mean the the only real exception might be some of like the comedy stuff between like Dahlia and uh, Gus, but even then, that rivalry itself is important. Even if it's a proxy rivalry. Well, exactly. Between them, and, yeah. So, what are your thoughts for? What are your overall grand predictions? Grand predictions. <laughs> uh... Uh, Artagon featuring Angela. I think that's going to happen. I think... I think... Hmm. I hadn't put any consideration into it. So, my three-second thought. I don't... So, the, w the way these talent show things are generally structured, and... I definitely don't know this from watching uh, Korean audition programs where they make bands. <laughs> uh, the way that it's generally structured is you get some type of recording deal or contract with a recording agency, mm. which means they'll probably get into it and they'll, they'll probably get their album offer and pressures of that is probably not going to jive with Carol on Tuesday. It's probably going to be fine for Angela, uh, especially with, I mean, 
they're Tao and Angela are only doing that for the publicity anyways. Right. Like they don't actually need the money to debut Angela. So I'm wondering if this will end up being a thing where they start doing it or it doesn't jive or they're unhappy with the product. Then they have, they decide to go back to it. They're doing it their own way. Right. Or taking some, some controls over the project themselves when it's getting taken away from them by executives. I could see that being like a grand prediction of what's going on. I think the conflicts we'll start seeing will be more related to the peripheral characters and not Carol, Carol on Tuesday. There'll structurally, there will be some grand conflict, mostly related to the recording project is what I'm thinking. Alternatively, there's still the issue with the mother. So I have to wonder about that. I might have to come back to this <laughs> in the in the next second wall where we discuss first couple episodes of uh, season two. Because mm. I'm, I'm not sure where the series as a whole is going to go. I think Roddy might disappear for a while. And I think Gus is going to feel pushed out as if he had maybe even he'll, he'll probably feel pushed out as they do their music product project and then uh, get some form of like empty nest syndrome. Okay. Yeah. I could see something like that. Other than that, I'm probably way off. I do kind of feel like this was originally written as two seasons. Uh, most shows you can definitely tell that it was like written as one season and they're hoping to get renewed. Yeah. Whereas this one definitely felt it, it really only feels like we're halfway. Yeah. So that's why I'm ha having a lot of troubles. Oh, that's fair. We'll, we'll oh. definitely see more development of Tao. So I want to get just kind of a little bit of clarification before we, we wrap up here. Sure. Um, you, you say you're expecting to see more conflict around the secondary characters of Carol. How do you mean, like, what do you mean by that? Are you meaning, like, conflict between, say, Angela and Ertigan, or conflict around the periphery characters, or...? Uh, well, I mean conflict in the way that it was thematically set up in the first season. Either growth or overcoming obstacles. I, I mean, I could see some silly spat between Angela and Tao, but I doubt it would be that big. Right. It would probably just be being a jerk and angela like quit it all right <laughs> uh, like I, I i i don't see you know tau and roddy getting into a fight though i would yeah. probably pay to see that <laughs> fair enough all right um okay that that clarifies how i want it so my my question though the opening credits and th this is this leaves me with either a sense of wonder or makes me wonder if we haven't actually gotten to that yet. The seven minutes. Mm -hmm. And that room that was shown when he says it have not been encountered yet. So I don't think we've reached that. They didn't wow Mars with their seven minutes. They were on a Mars broadcasted television series. 
but there was nothing at all that would indicate that that seven minutes that wowed Mars was that situation. So that has to happen. So that's got to be an end of season two. I don't know how much confirmation you want here. <laughs> I want none because oh, I, I fully intend to be watching this show um, to finish it off. And it's, it is super fun watching this with no spoilers at all mm. uh, to come into this very fresh eyed for it to be out and for us to discuss it in this way, because I mean, at this time, there's there's nothing really that is the that are these water cooler conversations yeah. discussing and the little predictions and what's going to happen and what do you think of this character i mean i i miss having these mm-hmm. and there there hasn't been a show that really has sparked that for a lot of people in a long time yeah and this is definitely like fulfilling that need in me yeah oh for sure yeah oh i've enjoyed it immensely even knowing the show right <laughs> it's just having the discussions with you and i know i'm holding back on what i'm saying for obvious reasons but it's just the speculation is just that like i enjoy it i've been keeping notes of your speculation since, since the <laughs> beginning of uh, the second wall here and it's just fun to to watch the growth uh, and just the thoughts around it and i mean as i said like circling around this one theme for like three six. and a half episodes of of this, right? It was, de- it was definitely three and a half and not six and a half because I'm super smart. <laughs> we have six and a half episodes overall <laughs> but only only four of those this after this one is second wall. <laughs> Um, any other final thoughts before we wrap this one up? Uh, I'd like to see all these side characters come back and not be throwaway. All right. The, the club owner, Skip, Bristol, even, even the judges. I'd like to see them come back in some very minor, minor way, but our Skip and Crystal, I'd like to see come back. Maybe to write Carol and Tuesday back onto the appropriate paths as they lose their authenticity. And I that'll probably be the overall theme of the next season, them losing or veering off the path of their authenticity and having to find it again. Now that they have like a record deal or I mean that's what they implied by Mars brightest. Yeah. All right. With that, um, we'll wrap up the second wall here. Uh, and make sure to check out Media Club next week, where we will be discussing the 1997 movie Event Horizon. And we'll be back with more Carol and Tuesday after that. Start going into season two. These will be up on uh, your podcast network of choice, a list of which can be found at beardyandthebeast.com, uh, also on most social media platforms. And thanks for joining uh, Beardy and the Beast's second wall. Have a great week, and see you next time. Pow, pow!